For all you lovers of the Beehive State, welcome to the Utah Fan Club Podcast, where we're spreading the buzz about why Utah is the bee's knees. This western state is quite the hub to learn more. Join with us at the Utah Fan Club. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Wazi Tech, Utah's premier IT support company. They will help you with any of your IT needs. Go to www.wazitech.com. That's W-A-Z-I-T-E-C-H.com. Hello, Utah. Welcome to the Utah Fan Club. I'm Andrew Wrigley, and I'm going to co-host today with Steph. Thanks for having me. Hey, so happy to have you here. And I'm the ambassador. And Andrew, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do for the club? Yeah, I am the weekend warrior. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, my friends actually call me Random Wrigley because I'm always getting into weird things and fun things and exploring Utah is one of my favorite things to do. So, yep, I'm your weekend warrior. So this episode's perfect for you. Yeah. No, this is really cool because I'm super excited and we're going to interview Mystic Mike today. Mystic Mike. Mystic Mike. Just rolls off the tongue. I huh? know. Seriously. And so this is in Sevier County and Mystic Mike is the owner of... Mystic Hot Springs. Mystic Hot Springs, which we both haven't been to, but we we're haven't. like, that's like bucket list. We're excited to go yeah. one day. We might have to like schedule a... A visit with Mike while we're on the phone, see if he can get us in. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> so, okay, so let's give him a call. Hello. Hey, is this Mike? Yes, it is. Hi, Mike. This is Steph and Andrew from the Utah Fan Club podcast. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. How are the hot springs today? They are busy. Really? Lots of people here enjoying them. The the water is nice and warm. I would kind of think that you'd have more of a busy time in the colder months, right? Yeah, there's just more people moving around in the summer, so it kind of balances out. Do you like to go by Mystic Mike, or do you like to use your last name? Mystic Mike works. <laughs> I like it, the mysterious Mystic Mike. <laughs> yeah, Mystic Mike works good for me. Perfect. Kind of some fun ties. I actually have family that is from Monroe, so this is pretty cool that I get to chat with you and, and learn a little bit more about this really neat, neat place and have that little bit of a tie with it. So I'm excited. Cool. Well, maybe when you come down to visit your family, you can come uh, soak. Oh, I, that's definitely a plan. I, I'm definitely going to do that. Mike, I, I was doing a little research, and I was reading up on Mystic Hot Springs and how it came about and kind of your journey from stumbling across it to kind of where it is now. So let's kind of start at the beginning. How did you stumble across Mystic Hot Springs? Well, I was living in Denver. That's where I'm from. And... I went to the last Grateful Dead concert in Las Vegas in 1995. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was driving my big old school bus, and we made it down there, had great time at the shows. And then on the way back, I got a flat tire around St. George, and I had more problems around Parowan. And we were just kind of having a bad ah. day. And we saw there was this little red dot on the map. And thought it might be good to take a break. Within minutes of finding the place, it was just magical. It was like my destiny right in front of me. But I thought it'd be way too expensive and I couldn't afford it and all that stuff. And, and my wife at the time started poking around and it felt like it might be for sale. And she found some people and, and in fact it was. Wow. And we talked about it called the realtor in Richfield. By the time we got back to Denver, we were seriously considering it. 
And then by Friday, I actually had a deal. So we stumbled in on Tuesday, and by Friday, we had a wow. contract. So that, that's less than a week. You're four days into it, and you're yeah, starting we, a whole new life. Yeah, it was just like the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. That's incredible. Uh, everything I'd been dreaming about, except much bigger. You know, my my vision, my dream was five acres, a little hot spring seep, a little fish pond, a little soaking pool, a little cabin. And this is way bigger than yeah. that. Bigger than the dream. I love it. You yeah. had the property. And then how did you come up with the name? Because before it was just called Monroe Hot Springs. Yeah. About six months before I got here, the uh, gentleman that owned it before me came up with the name. He liked it. There was this like mystic soda or something like that. I've never had any, but he uh, he liked that name. And so he named it Mystic Hot Springs. And, and it was uh, a great pick because I kept it and I think it works great for, for our play. Yeah. Okay. So one thing I think is really neat you don't find at other hot springs is you have you have bathtubs instead of like having rock formations. Were the bathtubs already there or is that something you're like, hey, if we made this into a waterfall, we could totally put bathtubs in this? So when I first got here, all my money went into the down payment. Okay. And so I had no money left to go buy stuff. And so I had to use what I had. And a lot of times what I found is just by moving something a little bit made a huge difference. So the, one of the owners, not the last one, but the one before, he had collected these old bathtubs that are amazing. They're seven foot long. I think he was going to use them for raising goldfish, <laughs> but he never got around to it. So they were just out in this field upside down. There's rumors that they came from a, a brothel in okay. Nevada. <laughs> not sure if that's the case or not. But that but, keeps uh, kind of the mystery of the place still. <laughs> yeah. So so I, I wanted to uh, be able to put the water into something that was easy to clean, a nice hard surface that, that I could scrub all the okay. time. It, it was just kind of like a good fit, and, and I had them, and so I started using them, and they've been yeah. awesome. I'm Most of the pictures you find when you when you Google Mystic Hot Springs, are people just in total relaxation in these bathtubs. And it's if that doesn't like draw you to want to go there just for that experience, because there's there is very a lot more to offer at Mystic Hot Springs than just sitting in the bathtubs, right? The bathtubs are so awesome because they sit up on the hill and you get this tremendous view of the severe valley and the mountains around it. So it's uh it's it's a great fit that the, the bathtubs uh, work so well, but the view and the, and and being that that close to nature is a it's just a great thing if you want to come down to uh, watch uh, shooting stars or or just the clouds rolling around. You get beautiful sunset uh, from the tubs as well. So they're uh, they're awesome. Yeah. Well, speaking of sunsets, so there's places to camp. Yeah, we have a couple campground uh, lawns that you can pitch a tent on. We also have some converted school buses, some old pioneer cabins that I've collected. Yeah, so we have a couple options for for overnighting here as well. Well, and when you look at your Instagram, I mean, it's filled with the the tub pictures of people soaking. But then there's the, all these pictures of these school buses that you converted, and they just look so rad. And inside them, I mean, they look very, like, nice and clean and cozy, but so unique. Like, where else can you go soak in a tub in a hot spring and then have your hotel room be an old school bus? 
Yeah, I love uh I love school buses. It's uh it comes from a, a you know, traveling with the Grateful Dead for a long time. I, I saw my first show in, in nineteen seventy seven and I got to be friends with some people that were traveling around in school buses in about maybe eighty seven. And so I got my first bus in eighty eight and it was just it's so much fun because it's like a blank canvas and you can do build them out however you want. And I traveled about 25,000 miles, mostly around Colorado in that wow. bus. And it was perfect. I set up a bedroom in the back. So no matter where we were, the kids had their space. So we could be on the top of a mountain or in a parking lot at a dead show or whatever. And be just like, okay, go to your room and, go to sleep and they would be comfortable in their own space. And then about, I don't know, maybe 2004 or something, I decided I wanted to have more overnight lodging. And I had built out another bus using this beautiful carved teak furniture from Bali. And everybody just responded really well to this bus. They just loved the design and everything. And it was a combination of, of that, that cool furniture and then also based on the old sheep camp or gypsy wagon uh, layout. So the bed in the back and some couches or, or benches along the side, a little kitchenette or, or at least some countertop to cook something. Do you have running water that goes to these buses? No, no. There's, a, there's some running water just outside oh, of okay. them. Uh, everybody has a, a common bathroom and shower building. It's about a hundred feet away. Okay, but there's there's a stove in the buses where you could you could cook a meal. Um, not so much, but there's like countertop space for you to, to prep oh, stuff, okay. and and uh, and then there's fire pit or, or barbecue grills outside. Oh. Well, that's kind of cool. It kind of brings everybody together, so you can have random campers, but as you share the space, you get to share the evening with everybody as well. That's kind of a cool concept. I like that. Yeah. We, we, we like the idea of community and bringing people together. And so you, you talked about the other accommodations. There's also, you have cabins, and then you have an old cabin that was, like, original with the property, right? Well, there was one cabin here when I got here, but they had just recently built oh. that. It's more like a little KOA cabin. Oh, okay. But I've, I've collected, in, in my meeting for more overnight lodging and uh, not having any money to go buy more KOA cabins or, or whatever that might be, I started looking around and realized that there was a lot of old pioneer cabins that people didn't want. And so I got one. I thought, boy, that's amazing. I didn't ever expect that I could actually get one. And then I thought, well, well if I got one, maybe I could get two. And then for about six years, I was on this Save the old Pioneer Cabin Crusade. <laughs> yeah, I ended up with about 30 of them. Wow. And, uh. How do you come across that? Yeah. How do you, how do you pick up a building that's hundreds of miles away and you say, I like that, I want that on my property, and then deconstruct it, reconstruct it at your place? Well, it's lucky for me that most of these cabins have only come from about five to ten mile radius from oh, here. Okay. And so, there was a lot of them around the valley, and they're just going away. People didn't want them. You know, and you could tell if the roof's kind of caved in or if they're not square anymore or not level. 
the people really don't want them. And, and I thought maybe I could, uh, get some more. So I guess one led to two, two led to five, five led to ten. And, and then I was like, I think that's enough. But people kept calling. Wow. They're like, you're that guy that moves those cabins, you know? And I was like, yeah. That's cool. So, so just word of mouth got out, huh? Yeah. So I've restored three of them and, uh, they're available for, for lodging. And I've got, uh, some new designs where I can use the old cabin and build some rooms off it and make them passive solar. So the sun does a lot of heating. And then I use the water to do the additional heating. So there's no burning going on in these new designs that I'm doing. It's all just heated with the sun and the water. That is so cool. That is really cool to me. I think that's a really neat way to to do, especially in something that's so earthy and so like being there and being in the moment and just utilizing nature at its finest. Like that is really neat. I feel a tremendous responsibility being alive at such a critical time in the earth's whatever this is, if it's uh, climate change or or global weirding, global warming. I don't know. <laughs> global what weirding. That's a good term changing, for it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Definitely, we've had a strange winter this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, something like I've never seen before. So things are changing, and, and we're having a, an impact in our climate and in, you know, our future. And so I have this responsibility that I want to figure out ways to pollute less and have a smaller carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. And the sun in Utah is so powerful that you can do a lot with that. But I also have this tremendous heat source from the hot springs. And so I'm figuring out ways of utilizing that more and, uh, and growing food in greenhouses and, and, uh, sustainable housing and just sustainability in general so that, you know, I'm not, I'm not polluting. Yeah. So on your website, you talked about how things aren't perfect here. Like it sort of has a sixties feel of going back into time. So what should people expect when they come to Mystic Hot Springs? I mean, that's a pretty big question. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry if that was too deep. (laughs) No, yeah. I'll I'll try and break it down, but I'll probably forget what the question was. So you might have to remind me. What we call three realities of Mystic Hot Springs. Nothing's perfect. Nothing lasts. And what is the third one? Nothing's perfect. Nothing lasts. It's never finished. I guess that's the third thing. You know, you can always do more. And it's a big place here. So there's a lot of stuff that can be done, could be done. And it it seems like whenever I finish one project, you see 10 more. Yeah, that's how it always goes. I was rebuilding my condo. This goes perfect with this. And when I was remudding the walls, I got a little mud splatter on one of the windows. And I said to myself, I'm not going to take that down. Or, or wipe that off until my place is finished. But it's never finished. I still, I've been there for four years and that little mud spot is still on my window. Yeah. So, so you have to come to terms with that somehow and, and pretty much. So that's how I do it to say, well, you know, no matter what I do, there's always going to be more to do. And so I, I just want to be happy with the way things are. Yeah. And, and so. Mystic is, is, is like that everywhere. It's, it's, it's perfectly imperfect. Yeah, I can embrace what it is right now. 
and as I go along and I fix things up, then, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be different. Not necessarily better or worse, but always just changing and different. And so I like, uh, I like to just be happy with the way things are. Yeah. And then let's see, what was the question again? Let's, let's go to go to different angle on the question what should people expect when they go so we've talked a lot about like the tubs and the buses mythic is is unique and different because it reflects the way i like things so it's not all about corporate you know mass produced can't find unique stuff anymore everything is like a strip mall and and all the food is corporate and it's all a chain here and a chain there but there's not like the unique mom pa kind of restaurants that there used to be and you don't have that kind of diversity you don't have that that kind of uh, option and so it's chilies or it's uh ihop or whatever and so i want mythic to reflect my values and uh and not necessarily what you would find in the rest of society in the united states and so so it is unique. Uh, I want people to be able to come here and to connect with nature, to connect with the earth. The water is, is amazing and it provides a space that is protecting you if the weather's bad. And so you're able to stay outside and, and watch a big storm come in or, or in the wintertime, you know, whatever. And so, so you get to hang out in nature and, and you get a connection there. And so that's part of what Mystic offers. And it's just, it's just unique. You have to kind of come with an open mind, I guess, because it is so different than everywhere else. But we still, you know, I like things clean and healthy and safe and, and all that stuff, but, but not necessarily homogenized and, you know, just kind of like milk toast kind of, yeah. kind of stuff. I, you know, I want you to be able to have a, a, a authentic experience. Yeah. And, you know, having a, a place like that. Even when you go camping, like you want to go to a campsite, everything is so concreted out and you have your hookups here and your bathrooms here. And it's like you might as well be staying in a hotel. So to have something that embraces things being natural and things being the way they are and and expecting things to be imperfect because trees grow in certain ways. We don't make them that way. They just do that. So I think that's I'm excited to come down for sure. I am. Yeah. We also have lots of uh, live music. Which okay, is a I lot didn't of know fun. that. Yeah, we're like halfway between Denver and L.A. and just, you know, six miles off of I-70. And so it's a great stop-off for touring bands as they're moving around the country. So a lot of our shows end up being on the off nights, the Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. Sometimes we'll do weekend shows. So do you host concerts there, or is this is just random bands are coming through and they're camping for the night, and they said, okay, let's pull out the guitars and sing? Or you have actual, like, people buy tickets to come to shows? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we have shows. I've had actually over a thousand, a thousand concerts here since about 99. Since 99, you've had a thousand. So how do artists get a hold of you? Like, did they just contact you and say, Hey, we want to play or did they give you a demo or if anyone's listening in their musician? Yeah, I have a lot of bands contact me all the time. In the beginning, I was kind of looking for them. And, and then after so many shows, we have a reputation. And so people are always constantly emailing me and and asking if they can play. I actually only accept about maybe 10 or 15% of the people that want to come play here. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm very picky about the music. And it was early on that I realized if I 
brought somebody here that I, I really didn't like that much, then it was hard to kind of BS them at the, you know, at the end of the show telling me, you know, telling, when they asked, well, what do you think? You know, it's like, well, <laughs> like, well thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I decided that I really have to want the people to come that are going to come play, you know. But we just had a great show last night with uh, David Gans, and I've got uh, one tomorrow night uh, with the Brad Parsons Band, and on Monday oh, with cool. Laura Lackey's Rhythm Review. Yeah, so you can go on the Facebook page, Mystic Hot Springs, and see the upcoming shows. Yeah. But that's another fun reason to come down. Oh, I'm a big concert junkie. I love it. I love going to different shows and seeing different venues. And Yeah, well, also, my background is in film production. And I've set up uh, a little TV studio as well as the concert venue. And I've recorded quite a few of the shows. And I have a YouTube channel that has about 400 different uh, songs on there. So you can go to YouTube and, and uh, do a search for Mystic Hot Springs. You'll see a bunch of different stuff comes up. But then there'll be something. It'll say Mystic 111 Mike. That's my handle on YouTube. You can click on that and it takes you to the the channel and there's like i say 400 videos on there pretty awesome that yeah that's cool so i have a question about do you so you charge for the, a concert ticket do you have like combined packages where you can get a, a a camping package with a concert package or do you purchase things individually how does that work well we offer a ten dollar ticket if you just want to come okay. to the show otherwise if you're soaking or if you're camping the concert's oh, usually okay. included Unless it's some, you know, if it's a big band, we've had like, you know, Trampled by Turtles and, and Rusted Root and, and some of those bigger bands, then we have to charge more. But for a, a regular band coming through, it's usually just okay. included. So it's $10 for a concert? Yeah. So if you're coming to Soak or you're coming to camp, then oh, the concert's so, that's included. That's so good. <laughs> What's your favorite part about being Mystic Mike and having the hot springs and just being there? What's, what's your most favorite thing you like doing there? It's funny because, you know, we've talked a little bit about how the place is different and it's kind of funky and functional, but not fancy. And sometimes you get people that come in and they're like, what is this place? Well, you know, they're kind of grumpy and they're, they're like, they're, they're kind of, it puts them mm -hmm. off that it's different. And then they go soak in the hot springs. And they come back down, they go, oh, that was so wonderful. Like a total changed <laughs> person. <laughs> like they're, yeah, it's like a total shift in, in their consciousness. And, and that's what is, that inspires me. I like to think of this place as, as an awareness oh. center. And I want people to be more aware of themselves, be more in the moment. And, and so seeing that transformation is really, it's, it's such a great benefit of, of my job. That's really neat. It really is. Well, and one thing that I like about you that I feel like is unique on your website, you talked about how if you have a skill, like you're a plumber or a painter or a contractor, that you exchange work for a room or for soaking and that you've had people stay for like a few days or, or longer. And that's a really cool philosophy that you do as well. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you've ever heard of this uh, organization called no, Woof. No. It's a... Uh, it's called, I think they changed the acronym to mean something else, but it's, for me, it's always been Willing Workers on Organic Farms. And I got involved with them when they were, I was the only wolf farm in Utah. And now there's, there's quite a bit of options. 
But you can travel the world and do work trade, and you learn some skills, and and you you can kind of travel cheap. And so, being a part of that, and and then having no money to pay people, and having so many things that needed to get done, I would just be happy when you know I've had I've got a, a whole long list of things that I want to get done, and then all of a sudden. You know, I ask people when they come in, well, what do you do? What do you do? And every once in a while, this guy would be like, oh, you know, I, I do uh, rock work. Oh, really? I got this project over here, you know? And I'd be willing to do a little trade for his work. And I've actually had probably, I don't know, a few thousand people help me over the years. Uh, and it's it's so cool because you get to meet people and let them kind of, shine and, and, and do what they're good at. And and it all adds up to, to something that makes Mystic, you know, even funkier or even cooler or, or whatever. It's, it's just fun. You were one of the first farms in Utah that's part of Woof. Now, that's something new I learned today. Workers on Organic Farms, that's what it stands for? Yeah, W-W-O-O-F. W-W. I think it's probably dot .com like that or something, but uh, it's a cool organization. Yeah. So, Anybody can just sign up for that and and then through the organization and then they contact you individually or do you have to contact the organization? Uh, you would contact the Wolf Farm directly. Yeah, see what they oh, have available okay. to come work okay. and do. And, yeah. they. I think, you know, we, you, you sign up with Wolf, it's like 50 bucks a year or something. And that's if you're a Wolf Farm. I don't know how much it is as an individual, but uh, then it gives you this you know, access to this directory of all these different places that do that kind of activity. Well, I have one more question for you though. What do you, ex- like, what do you want each individual person to come down and experience? Like, what do you hope that they take from Mystic Hot Springs? Like, how do you want them to feel? Like, do you have any insight on that? I think we're in a critical time in humanity where it seems like, you know, according to some people, we're already halfway through a mass extinction. And I, hope that by coming here that they can see an alternative way of being, a way of living that is less polluting, closer to nature, and and kind of inspires them to want to protect what we have always had. I'm very thankful that I was born at such a wonderful time where we're in this abundant cycle. And we have so much stuff and, and food and it's just, we have great lives. And I think that part of being alive and having that opportunity, uh, is to try and leave something better than we found it and to have a future for our grandkids, kids and all that other stuff. And so the idea of sustainability is something that I really hope people get when they're here. What you, consume and what the waste is and and where that stuff goes and and what that does to the our future how it affects us and so that's kind of a lofty goal but that is my goal and when you can stay in a building that's comfortable that is only heated with the sun and the water there's no burning you know how is that going to affect people and and when i get the greenhouses going and and you can see how we can grow so much food and, and, you know, I just, that's my hope and dream is that I can make it a positive effect on the future of the planet. It doesn't seem like the politicians and, and the government is 
really going to save us. And as far as I can tell, when I look out into the universe, there's nobody that's going to be like, oh, yeah, here, let me save you from that. So we have to really save ourselves. We have to be responsible humans. And to figure out a way forward, it's going to have to be us. Yeah, yeah, we got to start. Yeah, and and it's almost too Definitely. late, I think, but I'm hopeful that uh, we can find a way forward. All of us really can do our part to go green, you know, to make the planet better. Well, thanks for being a good example of that, Mike, and for giving us time today, even though it's a busy Saturday and there's lots of customers up there, but taking time to, to talk to us a little bit about. You bet. I hope I was somewhat coherent. Uh, you know. Oh, totally. <laughs> no, this is a great interview. Did you? Did we miss anything? Is there anything you want to add? I do have a music festival that we, we throw around the Pioneer Day, around the 24th of July. Okay. And that's a lot of fun and other events that you can find on Facebook and just, uh, you know, there's, there's always a, a good reason to come here just to soak, but there's also other reasons that also make it uh, appealing. What's the best way to book a stay? Do you get online and, and do it that way? Do we call? Do you just show up? We have an online okay. booking now. So you just go to the website. And you can click on book now or whatever, and it'll show you the options, show you the pictures and the availability and stuff like that. And the website is mystichotsprings.com. Yeah, sure is. Mystichotsprings.com. And so, guys, remember to check out their Facebook and then your Instagram. Anytime I see pictures that are posted, it just, it looks like heaven there. It looks like a nice little break from all the other Instagram pictures in a feed and... Just the red rock. And yeah, each picture takes me one step closer to being, boss, I quit, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, it's, uh, I used to have a, a little, I, it still might be on the website where it says uh, distances to places. So it's like, you know, 150 miles to Salt Lake or, or 100 miles to Cedar City. And then it says, Heaven on Earth point oh oh one. Oh, you're already there. <laughs> so it's it, it, it's here, but you have to find it. Yeah. You know. So it's a it's an interactive thing. It's it's also what you bring to uh, mystics. It uh, makes it either possible or not to find the heaven on Earth right here. Yeah, totally. Well, I think that's a great way to end Mystic Heaven on Earth. So make sure to check it out. Sounds great. Well, I appreciate your time as well. Hey, no problem. Uh, thanks, Mike. <laughs> okay, bye. bye. So it's time for our facts about Sevier County. What? <laughs> Fun facts about Sevier County. In 1957, the county had an election to vote on paying for $50,000 for equipment to bring TV to the county. <laughs> okay, I know the county picks are cheesy, but I do think that, like, I really like educating of, because for me, it's fun to learn a bunch of things. And yeah, I want totally. it to be something that, like, people go away and they're like, oh, I didn't know that about this county, you know? So they didn't have TV in Sevier County until 1957. They were missing out on some prime TV shows. You know what's crazy is he found Mystic Hot Springs or Monrail Hot Springs on a map, a paper map. Because oh, they didn't have yeah. Google. They didn't have iPhones. You didn't have all that back then. In 1995, he may have not even had a cell phone. He's just driving through and that's how he found it. Four days later, he bought it. So back to the TVs though. Didn't they have, didn't they vote on if they should bring TV? Yes, they had to have a county vote on it. 
And the vote was three to one to bring TV to the land. <laughs> they're like, give us the TV! <laughs> and then their lives were changed. Yeah. They stopped socializing with their neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Another fact about Sevier County is that it was actually a place that held 250 prisoners of war during World War II. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I had no idea that we had German prisoners in Utah. Yeah, and that's like 250 of them. That's a lot. Big. That's a lot of people. Big Rock Candy Mountain. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard that song? No. You've never heard Are it? Are you a big fan of that song? Well, okay, so my dad grew up down in Monroe. Mm-hmm. And so every time we'd pass it, yeah, he would just belt out singing that song. <laughs> so but, it's called Big Rock County Mountain. Yep, it looks like a giant piece of candy. It's like yellow, right? And it's all sorts of colors, but yeah, it has like a, almost like a candy cornish type of look, like an upside down candy corn is what I'd say. And that song was written in like the 1920s, it was I believe. Written. 1928. 1928 by Henry. Harry uh, McClinock. Harry, Henry, same, same. No, just joking. Harry, sorry. Henry. <laughs> <laughs> so Henry. Harry. Oh, Harry. Harry McClinock. Harry McClintock. I'm probably saying McClintock. And then there was a book that was. And then, yeah, Wallace uh, Stegner wrote a book about Big Rock Candy Mountain. So so those are the facts that we have today about Sevier County. And we got them from ilovehistory.utah.gov. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you get excited for more podcasts to come on the Utah Fan Club. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Wazi Tech, Utah's premier IT support company. They will help you with any of your IT needs. Go to www.wazitech.com. That's W-A-Z-I-T-E-C-H dot com. If you love the beehive state, we're here to tell you why. It is great. From Lake Powell up to Bear Lake, our scenery you just can't fake. Our number of counties is 29 All with plenty of places you can dine This western state is quite the hub To learn more, join with us at the Utah Fan Club Mm -hmm.